Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today I want to talk about the bump stock lawsuit. We're one step closer to the United States Supreme Court. Uh, today on the show, we're going to have the attorney from NCLA, uh, Kaylin Kruckenberg. He argued the case before the Fifth Circuit this past week. We're going to find out uh, what actually, you know, how, how that went down. You know, what happened? What he, does he expect after this? Because we haven't gotten a ruling yet. Also, we're going to talk with one of the uh, owners of RW Arms. They lost millions of dollars, millions, millions of dollars um, because they had to destroy their bump stocks because of the bump stock ban. Uh, so we're going to talk with uh, RW Arms, going to talk with NCLA. But check this out. I want to talk about ACL real quick. Austin City Limits. That's right. So Austin City Limits, you're supposed to check people. You're supposed to show your what? Your vaccine card. Yep. And you're also supposed, if you don't have a vaccine card, you're supposed to show that you have a negative test, right? All right, so check out how there's, you know, this is how it goes down at, a, at ACL. Uh, that's how they check you. They're checking for weapons. They're checking your vaccine card. Boy, I'm telling you, they're not checking at all. This is not really not them, but this is kind of how it went down. <laughs> a super spreader event. Only at ACL. That's what we're talking about. This is supposed to be Austin, Texas, the liberal mecca. You know, they're pushing the vaccine. They're, make, you know, want to make sure that, Everyone does social distancing and all that stuff. And this is how we put on events in Austin, Texas. Don't check you at all. Also, man, you know, uh, football. Football was was awesome this weekend. You know, it was good for some, bad for others. And it, uh, a lot of rivals this weekend. Over in Georgia, you know, this morning, 8 o'clock this morning, check out this neighborhood in Georgia. All right, so we'll show you that. We'll show you that at the next break. There, uh, when we come out of the next break, yeah, it's boy. I tell you, I love football season. I love the rivalry. I love, uh, you know, I love my neighbors. 
All right, so let's get right into it. I want to talk about the bump stock lawsuit. Um, and you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let the attorney explain all that stuff to you. So let me bring into the conversation Caleb Kruckenberg. He is the attorney for NCLA. Caleb, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Nice to see you again. Absolutely, Caleb. So, uh, so tell us, you know, from I guess from the beginning, uh, the bump stock ban went into effect in 2019. And can you go from there and bring us to the present? Well, you know, it's interesting. I have been litigating this issue since day one, really. Uh, we filed our first lawsuit against the ban um, in January of 2019. And, and, and like you said, there was a rule that came out in 2018, or very late 2018. Uh, the ATF said, look, we've told you all that Bump stocks are not machine guns. We've told everybody they're legal. Uh, RW Arms, as is, is you're going to talk to them later, um, you know, they're a manufacturer. They got the permission from the ATF to make these devices. And then suddenly the ATF changed its mind. It said, actually, um, they're machine guns and you shouldn't have listened to us. Um, and actually, if you ever bought one, you're a federal felon. Mm. So we sued immediately. Um, and, you know, some other people have sued and it's been a, a mess. That, that's sort of the easiest way to describe it. Um, NCLA filed its first lawsuit, like I said, in 2019. That case has been kicking around in the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals for quite some time. Um, it divided the court. There was a, a major decision that split uh, six to five in the, in the Court of Appeals that uh, upheld the bump stock ban. Um, we've actually petitioned the Supreme Court right now to hear that case. And, and, what, that petition and, what, and what's, the name, what's the name of that case? Uh, that is Opposion versus ATF. Um, and so that was that was one of the very first cases that were brought. And then we brought your case. Uh, you sued shortly afterward. Um, I can't remember when we filed it, but it was early in 2019. Um, and it's kind of been going along while this other case has been happening. Um, we had a trial in in 2019, or excuse me, 2020, which is a little bit interesting because a lot of these other challenges have been injunctions. So they've been preliminary efforts to stop the rule from taking an effect, which obviously didn't work. Um, and so in our case, we we were a little bit different. We you've we went to a trial, we got a final judgment. Um, and what was good about it is we got some expert testimony about how these devices work. Because, you know, I, I know you know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners also know, um, you know, these devices, they're really just a piece of plastic. They go on a normal semi-automatic firearm and they really just allow you to shoot it more quickly um, if you're practiced but they don't really change anything about the gun. They don't change the way that the trigger works. They don't, you know, they don't really make it an automatic firearm. And what was helpful, I think for us, is we got a, an expert to testify about that. And, and he testified about how these things work. Um, unfortunately, we were not successful in the trial court, um, but then our appeal is on, you know, it, it's being heard by the Fifth Circuit. And as you mentioned last week, I argued in front of the Fifth Circuit on this case. 
Right. So in the, in the Fifth Circuit, we have uh, there are 17 judges in the Fifth Circuit. Uh, this is, uh, you know, this is the appeal court, appellate court before you get to the Supreme Court. So there are 17 judges out of the 17 judges on this court. Five of them are Democrat. And so we got we pulled the panel. We pulled three judges. Uh, it's a three judge panel. And the panel that we put, Caleb, were which one? How, what was the ratio between Republican and Democrat? The three three judges. Well, so two of our judges were were appointed by President Obama, and one was appointed by President Clinton. So, so so we pulled three Democrat judges to decide a gun case. Out of the seventeen judges, only five Democrat. We pulled three Democrats. And and this is in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. So this was about as unlucky a draw as humanly possible anywhere in the judiciary. Uh, nationwide. Uh, All I can say is just let's go, Brandon. uh, But, you know, what what is actually sort of interesting about this case is despite having the worst possible draw um, for for the judges, you know, I I think the judges were really wrestling with it. Right. Um, And and I think what is what is positive about it is they, they understood not just where their case is, but where the other cases are. Um, you know, the, the judges kept asking me during the argument about our, our case, Apposian, that, that has the cert petition pending right now. Mm-hmm. There's another case that I didn't file that's being litigated in the Sixth Circuit. That's actually being considered by that court sitting on bonk, which means all of those judges are hearing it. And so, and, here, and here's what that means for people that don't know. Uh, so, when you go to the appellate court, it's usually your case is heard by like a three judge panel. Is that correct? Correct, uh, Caleb. Right. And then uh, either side can request an en banc, which means that now when when the verdict is is handed out by the three judge panel, if you don't like that verdict, you can request an en banc, which means that the entire uh, panel, everyone hears that case in that court. So all seventeen judges will hear that case again. Right. You know, before it goes on, if if you're you know before it's appealed to the the Supreme Court. And and on bonk consideration is pretty rare, and it, the the courts always reserve it for the cases that are the most contentious, the most complicated, the most important. Okay, we come back and, from the break, uh, um, uh, Caleb. I'm gonna let you finish that thought. Uh, sure. Just keep in mind, you know, this is you know Michael Cargill versus the Department of Justice, and also the uh, ATF, and also there are other cases that we're talking about that are going forward. We're trying to meet up, you know, get some case to be heard by the Supreme Court to decide, you know, what's going to happen with the bump stocks, and that's very important because whatever comes of the bump stock case can help us, just you know, uh, help our judicial system figure out how they're going to handle uh, maybe AR, you know, maybe AR pistols. You know, so all this stuff really ties in together, you know, because, you know, can the ATF do what they're actually doing? The Department of Justice have that authority. We come back from the break. We're going to talk about that more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking about the bump stock lawsuit. We're talking about all the cases, not just the Michael Cargill case. We're talking about all the cases around the country that are going forward. I want to kind of we kind of want to give you guys an update because people are asking us, you know, what's happened with the bump stock ban? You know, what's happened with that lawsuit? But before we get to back back to that, you know what? It's football season. It's the rivalry season. Man, college football, it's crazy. A lot of rivals. University of Texas lost in the last second. Oh, it was it was just oh, it was disheartening. It was oh, man, they were just crying. But then, you know, Georgia, Alabama, uh, was it Georgia and Auburn? Uh, Georgia and Auburn. Yeah, go dogs, boy. I tell you, my sister's all happy. But you know what? She's not the only one that was happy about Georgia. Check this out in this neighborhood in Georgia. We'd like to congratulate the Georgia Bulldogs on their fine SEC victory last night. And I'd particularly like to say go dogs to my neighbors, the Faulkners. It's 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I just wanted to see if y'all could give us a shout out. Go dogs! Huh? We beat the dog crap out of you! Huh? Yeah. That's right. Go Wake dogs! Up. I tell you, it's nothing like waking up your neighbors at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning and congratulating them on, on the game. Let me tell you, that's, that's, that's a good neighborhood. That's a rivalry there. That's Yeah, that's how you do it. All right, but let's get back to talking about the Second Amendment. Let's talk about defending our Constitution, all our constitutional rights, not just the Second, but all of them. With the Second, you could defend your all your constitutional rights. Um, going back to Caleb, Caleb, so you were talking about you know what happened at the Fifth Circuit with our case, and um, it, it was heard by a three-judge panel. We pulled the panel that happened to be all Democrat judges. Um, we're not sure how that how the ruling is going to come down because we have to wait a little while, Caleb, right, before we find out how the judges are going to decide this case, correct? We do. And, you know, I honestly don't know the answer. I mean, you know, we can always talk about politics and, and you know, we, we pulled a, some judges who on paper might not be for us. But, but look, I mean, this is a tough tough case and it's a tough issue. And as I was just saying before the break, I mean, there, there are two other courts of appeals have heard these cases on bonk because they're so important. And, and I think one way or the other, one of these cases is going to end up in the Supreme Court. And, and I think it's just a matter of time, whether it's, it's our case in the Opposion 
case or, or whether it's your case. Um, and I, I think the judges know that. And so, you know, they, they have to take their time with it. But but look, I mean, the reason it's so important is when you think about what the ATF did here, you know, they they took a, a law that Congress wrote in the 1960s that said that semi-automatic firearms are legal. They're not machine guns. And they said, you know what, we're going to change it because we don't like this particular device. We're an administrative agency. We're a prosecutorial agency. We don't like the way this is going. We're just going to change the law. Mm. And, and that's not the way it works. Um, that's not the way the Constitution works. But the fallout has been everybody who bought one of these devices has been declared a felon. Mm. Um, and, and anybody who made one of these devices, they were taken away from them. They were destroyed. They lost their businesses. And, and they also have been labeled criminals. And that's, I think the courts are finally understanding. That's not okay. These are extremely serious consequences. Yeah, and, and it seems like uh, by the questioning of this this panel, the questions that they ask, actually asked, you know, kind of makes me think that they want to say that a bump stock is a machine gun. But it seems like the law was getting in their way. It, it's absolutely right. And, you know, I got a lot of questions about, well, these devices – it sure seems like a machine gun. They fire quickly, all these sorts of things. But, you know, that's not the that's not the line Congress drew. That's not the what matters legally. It's not how quickly you can fire. Um, and that's kind of where the fact that we had a trial came in. And I think it was really helpful because, you know, we had testimony at trial that a, a semi-automatic firearm, if you're good enough, you can actually fire more quickly than a fully automatic weapon. Uh, with a semi-auto just by, you know, hitting the trigger really quickly. That's not what it's about. And, uh, you know, a bump stock, maybe it looks like you're firing quickly, doesn't mean it's a machine gun. Right. And I think the judges were really sort of stumped by that. They're stuck because, it, you know, the the trigger mechanism, that's really what Congress cares about. With a bump stock, it doesn't change it. Right. You know, the trigger mechanism always works the same. And, and, and so, and the, you know, the original reason I got a, a bump stock, Caleb, is because, you know, I'm a disabled veteran and I actually have a metal plate and seven screws in my, in my wrist. And so that's the regional reason I got one, you know, so, you know, see if it can, you know, kind of help me, you know, hold it a little better and actually fire a little better in that, in that arm. Well, and that's, that's one of the reasons they were developed. They're there to facilitate people with limited mobility. Um, you know, that's the purpose of them. And, and I think there's a lot of this sort of talk about how these are just the whole design with a bump stock is to try to make a machine gun when, you know, to get away from the law, to get around the law. And that, that's just not true. And that, let me ask you what's happened in the 10th Circuit, because that's a different case that's going before the 10th Circuit. What's the name of that right. case and, and how, how is that going? So that's the Opposion versus ATF case. That's at the, the Supreme Court right now, or we have asked the Supreme Court to review it. Um, that went to the, the 10th Circuit on Bonk. The court split uh, in half. I mean, the, the court agreed to hear it. All of the active judges agreed to hear it because they thought it was important. They split on party lines six to five. And, you know, we're I, I think the Supreme Court very likely will take that case. Um, and I think the only reason they don't take that case is because there's other cases coming and they know that. 
Okay. Um, but like so, I said, I so, think it's going to be one of them. So that case, and, that case has been heard in a lower court, is now going to the Tenth Circuit, and is now on its way to the Supreme Court because it's been heard in a right. bunk. Okay. Now and, what? And, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, and and one of the things, I mean, the judges told me this week. You know, they're aware that it's pending at the Supreme Court. They know that the judge justices are looking at it. You know, I think everybody is sort of aware of where this is going. Now, what about the Sixth Circuit? How is that case going? That's going. So they're they have a case as well that they are hearing on Bonk in a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. uh, and so there was originally a, a decision that said the rule was invalid. ATF doesn't have the power to do this, and then the entire court decided to rehear that. So we don't know if they're going to agree. We don't know if they're going to disagree. Um, it's you know it's very up in the air and. One thing I'll just say is that, you know, there's always been the sense that, well, maybe the ATF isn't really going to prosecute people for this. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that's not the case. The ATF has been prosecuting people. And there was actually a decision out of the Navy Marine Corps Court of Appeals a couple of weeks ago vacating a conviction because some uh, an enlisted man was sentenced to three years in prison for owning a bump stock. Mm. So. Um, this is this is an issue that if it's not decided now on these kinds of lawsuits up front, it's going to be decided when people are sent to prison mm. for breaking a rule that that should never exist in the first place. And we're trying to prevent that. So we're trying to go this route to keep people from, you know, from that actually having to happen. Absolutely. And tell us a little about NCLA. What's the, what's the organization and what does NCLA stand for? So the new Civil Liberties Alliance is all about pushing back against administrative overreach. And I mean, this is a great example. This is an administrative agency that thinks it knows better than Congress. It thinks it knows better than the courts. And it's trying to rewrite criminal laws. Unfortunately, this is not the only context they do that. They do it in a lot of different areas. Um, and, and that's what NCLA exists to fight. We sue agencies all the time when they invade constitutional rights. They they punish people for doing things that are legal, that they're allowed to do. Um, we're a nonprofit. And if, if you want to hear more about us, look at more of our cases, you can always visit us at nclalegal.org. Um, and I know I saw you were playing a video in, in the break. You know, we have videos about some of our cases. We have a lot of information. Um, and I just encourage you to check it out. All right, thank you, Caleb. And I want you to, I want you to, you know, I, I can't have you stick around on the, on the Skype there, but I want you to kind of listen to the show for, to RW Arms. I kind of want to introduce you to uh, this guy and this company because they also have a case because they lost, you know, $25 million, $20 million because uh, uh, they had to destroy those bump stocks. Uh, they're our next guest. So I want you to listen to that. When we come back from the break, we're going to have RW Arms on the show. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk, 1370.
Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about the bump stock band. Uh, we're going to bring on RW Arms, a representative from that company, Mark Maxwell, to talk to us about their lawsuit uh, for the bump stock and how that's going. Uh, their company, RW Arms, lost $20 million. Uh, they had to destroy all their bump stocks and everything. $20 million. Uh, we're talking about this. This cost the firearms industry. The bump stock ban cost the firearm industry one hundred million dollars. People, a hundred million dollars. We have companies going out of business. Uh, RW Arms had the the sole rights to distribution for bump stocks, and they lost twenty million dollars. Let me bring into the conversation Mark Maxwell. Uh, welcome to Come and Talking, sir. Hey, Michael, how are you doing today? Outstanding. Tell us your title with, you know, the title of the company and everything. We, uh, you know, RW Arms, veteran owned company, started with a great partner of mine, Michael Stewart. We have since uh, changed that, bought him out last year. And now uh, I am still CEO and we are trying to grow everything from here. Man, it's been a tough, tough two years. It's uh it's been interesting to say the least. Yeah, so, so like you know, 2019, you know, the work comes down, bump stocks are banned, turn them in or or face a felony. You know, you guys were facing, you know, a lot of years <laughs> if you didn't turn them in, you know. It's like, hey, Oh, I know. You know, what what was it like uh, 755,000 years in jail? <laughs> it, yeah, I think it was. It was uh, it was ridiculous. It was a um if I remember correctly, it was 700 and 775,000 years in jail and an $18 billion fine. Wow. If you didn't turn, if you didn't destroy them or turn them in. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and I want people to think about that. You know, just think about those numbers. You know, you were talking almost 800,000 years in jail. You're talking $18.8 billion in fines. You know, for something that Correct. was legal that the federal government said is now illegal, just so, just you know, they flipped a switch today. You know what? They're now illegal, and if you don't turn them in, you will face eighteen point eight billion dollars in fines and almost eight hundred thousand years in prison. Just think about that. All right, so uh, you know, yeah. so tell us, you know, man, what'd you guys do in two thousand nineteen? So 2019, uh, in late March, they came and seized all of our product. Uh, the, that went, you know, obviously news covered all that. All that was uh, went pretty smoothly. We worked in conjunction with the ATF and the DOJ. Um, and then that's where things started to get a little dicey. Obviously, we had to sue for uh, our property that was taken. And what most people don't realize this isn't just a second amendment case It's also a fifth amendment takings case and the fifth amendment takings case is the same as any other takings case would be if they came and took uh, if you owned a property on an intersection and they needed to cut off a bit for a you know a turn right hand turn lane to get cut through it they'd have to compensate you for that there's no difference here so for us to have to fight now for uh, for those rights is, is i think it's pretty ridiculous but We've also been delayed because of COVID. You know, they weren't seeing any non-criminal cases until then, and, and our case is simply a takings case. Right, and and you you guys got no help. I mean, no help whatsoever. You know, this is a Fort Worth, Texas company, RW Arms, Fort Worth, Texas. 
company, RW Arms, had to turn in their entire inventory uh, stock of bump stocks to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms on Tuesday of March 26 in, in 2019. Uh, they had to transfer 73,000 bump stocks over to American Shredder in Fort Worth, Texas, so they can be shredded and you know recycled under the supervision of the ATF. You know, we're talking, you know, 75,500, you know, bump stocks turned in and destroyed in total. We're talking about, you know, you know, almost 800,000 years they're facing in prison. We're talking about $18.8 billion in fines if they didn't turn this stuff in. Yeah, it, it sounds it sounds ridiculous at this point to even talk about it, except it actually happened. And when you're going through it at the time, you don't think about those those large numbers. You just think about what it's going to do for our income. Uh, you know, the other people that work with the company, we went from, you know, 10 full-time employees to three. And it, it's it's affecting all of us now. Mm. And it hurts because, you know, now you're looking at, you know, two, 2020, that was one year. The country shut down. Everyone's buying firearms. And then you're looking at 2021. You know, it's hard to get parts and pieces and guns and you just everything. And everyone's scraping and, scra- you know, scrounging for for everything they can possibly get. It's actually pretty difficult for a lot of firearms companies. Uh, gun ranges, I, I'm seeing gun ranges close down. I'm seeing gun stores close down. I'm seeing manufacturers go away. Yeah, correct. Uh, I think one, we're about to, this is the very tip of the iceberg right here. I think we're about to see a huge change. Uh, when you're looking at all those ships that are outside the port, you're about to see a huge uh, delay in everything from the aluminum raw materials to the springs that are coming in from overseas to, uh, to the uh, pigment in the dye for the, for the um, extrusions or for the uh, injection mold machines. We're not even seeing the tip of the iceberg with that. So we're now at a six month delay on some parts just for shipping. And what what shocks so, me what shocks me is that people think that just because something is made here in Texas, they think all the parts and the pieces of that item is actually it, made in Texas. They don't realize it, that a lot of the parts and pieces come from overseas or other states. Correct, uh, and you don't want some of those things made here. You don't want your super glues that are required in some assembly to be made here. It, it, it requires a reactor, and the outgassing of the reactor is cyanide. So you don't want your super glues to be made here. Uh, your pigments, you don't want to be made here. It's a very dirty process. So uh, it's a necessary evil. I understand that. But we have to order from overseas for, for many of the individual components. And our manufacturing partners understand that more so than we do even. And we're talking six months out right now for basic orders. Well, that puts us all the way through the holiday season right. that I can't even get some parts in to include some triggers that are our best sellers into the market now. And you're talking about just getting that stuff to a distributor, not less get, you know, even longer to get it down to an end user, to the retailer, to the customer. It's no, it's, it's, it's going to trickle down. It's going to shock people when they start ordering for the, for the Christmas holiday season. We're making jokes right now. You start ordering now when you can find it, buy it right now. If you're going to buy for the holiday season. Because yeah, you're looking at something and you're looking at it online, and you think, and it says it's in stock, you know. And if you don't get it, you wait. And you go ask your wife for permission. By the time you come back, it's gone, and then you had to wait till next year. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it, it'll be well into next year before before this starts to regulate itself a little bit. Right. I, I don't, I don't, I think we're two years out, but you know, I, it's only because of the like we have some products that could be air shipped in safely, mm-hmm. and right now they're saying no more air shipping. Everything has to go by ship, and that puts that puts three months on our arrival dates. So we have to we have to look six months out for payment to them for their manufacturing and then for shipping in for simple, basic parts. Wow. All right. So, you know, so Mark, you know, and this, by the way, we're talking to Mark Maxwell. He's the CEO of RW arms. So, you know, Mark, tell us how is your case going? You know, where's your case at? Where's it staying right now? So, so our case is, is going exactly as planned with the exclusion of the delays from COVID. With that being said, uh, the military case that was referenced earlier in the show, that was a Marine who went home on leave. He had a couple bump stocks at, at his house. He said he was going to turn them in. So he had them in his car. They didn't even match up with the other rifles he had in his car at the time. So his story does check out. There's, If anyone looks into that story as a Marine, there's a little bit of shadiness with the other aspects of the story, but the bump stock bump stock specific part of that story uh we will stand behind a thousand percent he should have never been prosecuted he wasn't uh in fact that got stricken I, I don't know the official word stricken for the military courts and he uh he's going there the uh your your fifth circuit court ruling is fantastic we like that it was it was heard i think for them to be open-minded and reference our case, and then the other cases that are going through, ours is in the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeal, and it was ruled that a bump stock does not fit the the definition of a machine gun. The only reason they were ever illegal is because the ATF definition of a bump stock was made to fit a machine gun under the uh, the guise of a DOJ. Uh, presidential order. Now, the presidential order to the DOJ was simply to look into it. So when Trump was tweeting about the whole industry, as you referenced earlier, he was really tweeting about myself and about two other main guys who kind of ran the entire side of the industry. Manufacturing had been shut down by that point by Sidefire, by Bumpfire Systems, and by Fostech. Mm. Fostech had backed, backed off that. So uh, before I go any farther, uh, Judd Foster, uh, CEO and president of Fostech, passed away this last week. He was a great partner, and uh, and I really want to send out my condolences to him, uh, his entire family, and Fostech is a family-run company, and uh, and uh, you know all all of our friends and family uh, there. So, oh, that's sad. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, what's but talk- as you go ahead, as as you know, Fostech is is very well known for the Echo Two trigger. Their Echo Sport, uh, they do the Origin shotguns, so they have some great products there, uh, and we've carried those products for many years. They've been a great partner with us on the bump stock side of things as well. All right. All right. So your case is in the you say the Sixth Circuit, correct? It is. Right. So our case went when your when your attorney earlier said it was going to go to the Supreme Court, or you said uh, we've already been to the Supreme Court twice. So Justice Roberts and Justice Gorsuch have both seen our case. And they um, both said they want to let it run completely through the lower courts before 
they make a ruling at the Supreme Court level. We don't believe it'll go that high again. It's now back. It, it got kicked back down from the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals back down into the uh, there's a, a circuit in D.C. that looks at these larger takings cases. All right. We come back and from the break. So, I'm going to ask you about that. You know where you know where it is and, and what's going to happen from here and what do you what do you expect that, you know, to go after it goes back to the lower court? Uh, we're talking about the bump stock ban. We're talking about the bump stock case. We're talking about making it all the way to the Supreme Court. Some cases will make it. We're talking about all these cases are linked together. They got to help to get, you know, to get these cases to the Supreme Court. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Wolford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking about the bump stock lawsuit, talking about uh, RW Arms. We're talking about all these cases. And Thomas says, you know, how will all the cases be tied together? He asked this question twice again. How will the Supreme Court tie all the cases? They are technically not related, but they are. Uh, well, what happens is, you know, once you have different appellate courts have different, you know, decisions and the way they rule different rulings, the Supreme Court's got to, you know, got to sort it all out. OK, this appellate court, the Fifth Circuit says this, the Sixth Circuit says this, the Tenth Circuit says this. Then the Supreme Court has to put it together. And say, OK, well, this is the law of the land. You know, they got They got to say, OK, cause they're all everyone's, you know, pulling different pieces of the same, you know, the same topic. And taking different angles of it, and the Supreme Court's got to say, okay, well, here's the law of the land, and so that's why that that's you know basically what's going to, most likely going to happen, and I think that's also going to help us with you know AR pistols uh, because it's all about the ATF. You know, does the ATF have you know have this authority to do this? You know, um, is this something that Congress you know should have the power to do? So we'll see. You know, that's where we're pushing to that end. But we're talking with Mark Maxwell. He's the CEO of uh, RW Arms. And we're talking about their lawsuit that's in the Sixth Circuit. Uh, so, Mark, you know, so you guys, it's it's going up to the, you say it's going to the Sixth Circuit. And you actually had your day in court initially in the lower court, correct? We did. There's a, there's a lower court in D.C. for these larger takings cases. It went there, went immediately to the uh, appeals court. From there, the appeals court, uh, the uh, judge met with uh, Bill Barr at the time, uh, Attorney General William Barr, and he said, don't rule on it. It doesn't matter. They were never legal. They should have never been legal, so don't rule on it. it we immediately got it kicked up to the Supreme Court, at which time I forget which one saw it at first. It was either Justice Roberts or Justice Gorsuch. They saw it, wanted to kick back down to the appeals court, the appellate court, and and then it went back up because we tr attempted to get a stay so all of our product didn't have to be destroyed. Right. Once everything was destroyed, then it went straight back down, got kicked back down by another judge. And you're talking, and you're talking about the you know the emergency things that you guys you know tried to do before you know right when the ban started. Or, correct. Or, or, okay, got it. 
All right. Correct. So now, so after the ban, the ban happened. You you got them all. You know, you had to destroy all of them. You lost millions of dollars. You know, was the worth the product there. So then, what'd you guys do in like in two thousand and twenty? So two thousand twenty, uh, business wise, we were trying to bring in more more uh, products, more vendors, and we realized in the court case that's all separate. That's business, but on the court side of things, we uh got stalled out mm. we were supposed to be seen about march time period okay. and in early march because of covid they decided they weren't going to see any cases that weren't criminal so they weren't seeing any and now we're in a in a cycle of them not seeing our case although these other cases whether it's a sixth circuit now your fifth circuit the military uh court that saw our case there's actually uh fires policy coalition had a case and uh there's one more case out there one in dc and one in in, uh i want to say michigan somewhere but none of them are being seen right now none of them are moving forward and so we're trying to figure out how to settle and once we settle our case is uh very important to all the other cases because it puts a value on the product that everyone is taking for a loss at which point the class action that's already filed in the federal uh, court in Fort Worth, Texas, then we'll let everyone know who had one, who had to destroy them, they can join that case at that point. Uh, your case is very important because it'll be in front of different judges and they may have a different opinion. We also have writ of habeas corpus. Once again, before I got into this, I would have never known what that is. A writ of habeas corpus is simply either a judge or attorney or someone who's an expert in the matter legally to give their legal opinion for the courts to consider. Uh, it, it's It's been a daunting task to go through all this. And if I ever have to give any advice to anyone, don't sue the government. It's not worth it. It's been a, it's, it, it's, it's been tough. The road has been very tough to get to this point. Right. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It, it's, it's, it's a lot of work and, you know, it, people don't realize, you know, how much a fight this really is and then what kind of blowback you can also get uh from doing something like this oh we had um it, when we first filed showing up at my house once a month i had someone serving a subpoena and after the third month of that happening i finally went to my my lawyers and uh in our law firm and i said hey what's going on here this never happened before and they said, oh, hold on, let's let's make sure this stop. This is part of the lawsuit that we can make sure this doesn't happen right now. So there were subpoenas for advertisements that we sent out through email that went to, say, New York for a binary trigger. And in New York, you can't own a binary trigger. You can't buy it. But they someone got an email in New York, and so they sent a subpoena for us for all of our sales information, which we cannot give up and we would never give up. In a million years, right. I, yeah, we get we we had all kind of weird things too. You know, I had the the state police sit in on you know like several classes, like so many classes I can't even count. You know, I, I don't understand why they spend those resources to sit in on my classes that are actually videotaped. You know, but they you know wasted their resources to sit in on the class to see if you know I guess I would mess up or something like that. And then and then we had like you know things shipped to the to the store like uh, there was a someone shipped a machine gun. To us that was not registered wasn't in the registry wasn't part of the nfa process so it was an unregistered machine gun 
And, you know, and I guess they want to figure out what will we do in that process. It's like, man, it's just, it's, it's crazy. You know, the things that, you know, they come at you, they come from the left, from the right. It's just like a nonstop thing. And then people ask me, you know, man, why do you work seven days a week? I have to work seven days a week because I'm the one that's responsible. You know, because if something slips through, you know, my, my firewall there, you know, I'm the one that's going to go to jail for it. <laughs> right. And I think we all, you, myself, a few others, people don't understand that I'm not just fighting for my Second Amendment rights. I'm fighting for everyone's Second Amendment rights and their Fifth Amendment takings rights. This is bigger than just Second Amendment for me. And hopefully the people who have been following our case recognize that. I, I'm not a huge fan of doing a lot of self-promotion. I don't think that benefits anyone when we're looking at a bigger picture like this. But if someone came and took that much of your property, how would you handle it? And I ask everyone that, how would you handle it? How would I handle it for my company? Yeah, crazy. Um, so, all right. So this case now is is now going to be heard. The entire case will be heard in the lower court, lower district court. Correct. And then it will make its way forward. So we'll see what happens with that. And you hope, what do you hope to, to, to gain from this? So the DOJ has already reached out to our, our team and said they're willing to talk about a settlement of some kind. If they don't want to settle and it has to go to court, then we get full dollar amount. The DOJ sets the dollar amount of the total property taken, which they already have. Uh, they did uh, their estimate was three hundred dollars per bump stock that was taken. That was in that's their number, not ours. For average across the board, they just average everything, and then uh, from there they would. It's a nine percent interest since they took it compounded annually, uh, as well as we can petition the courts for legal fees because we should have never had to fight this in court at all. What they'd much rather do is not have the court precedents settle out of court but once once we know the dollar figure then there will be a trickle down for everyone else's and uh other than the new house bill that was just uh presented last week by the democrat out of nevada there's a new uh, u.s house bill that is uh, just got uh, submitted that will ban bump stocks nationally because right now they are not illegal as soon as the, the sixth circuit court of appeals said that they do not fit the de definition of a machine gun. They are completely legal, although on the ATF's own website, it still says they are illegal. So there's a lot of confusion there. I'm not sure exactly what to tell people legally. I don't have any in my possession, and I would tell anyone else, do not have any in your possession at this time. Right. And tell us about RW Arms. What products do you guys uh, sell now, and how can we find well, them? Right now, it's simply rwarms.com. Thank you very much for asking, Michael. Uh, you know, we do a lot of trigger upgrades. Uh, we're really well known for AR-15 upgrades. Uh, we don't do anything serialized, no lowers, no complete firearms, and no suppressors, but basically everything else from there. Okay. And once again, once we start getting more product back in stock, then we'll be able to sell a lot more products Products are very difficult to get when you're buying in bulk. We typically buy by the pallet or by multiple pallets, and it's difficult to get anything in beyond, you know, 100 triggers at a time or whatever. I don't know what you've seen lately, Michael, but I'd love to hear your opinion on that. 
Absolutely. I know some people are looking for binary triggers right now. You know, they want to know if you got any. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we have a few and we have quite a few inbound. So we're, we're in discussions right now and we will have them in. All right. So definitely check out rwarms.com. Check them out and, 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 and support them because they're, they're in this fight, you know, for the second amendment in this fight for the bump stocks, because what, you know, what starts here in Texas will change the rest of the world will change this country. Don't forget it. Rwarms.com. We come back from the break. We're going to talk to, we're going to change gears a little bit. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to come and talk. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about we're talking about the bump stock ban. So I hope we gave you a good update on that and how that's going. So we'll see what happens. Got to see, you know, the Fifth Circuit, you know, what the three-judge panel has to say. We hope to have that ruling in a few months. It will, you know, will come down. And then whatever the, is the result of that, I'm sure either side is going to request an unbunk, which means they want that, you know, the case to be heard by the entire Fifth Circuit, all 17 judges. And so then we'll see how that plays out and then, you know, hopefully make it to the Supreme Court. And so I think that will help us, you know, in what needs to happen, you know, for the Second Amendment. But I want to change gears a little bit. I want to talk about some news here. Uh, There's a news story that came out uh, from the Trace and USA Today, some other news outlets about black people formed one of the largest militias in the U.S., um, last year, uh, 2020, and now its leader is in prosecutors' crosshairs. So, and what we're talking about here is back in late July 2020, as Louisville, Kentucky, you know, all the, the brouhaha was around the Brianna Taylor's killing in a botched police raid, a militia group, you know, went to that city, went to Louisville. And so you had hundreds of black men and women all in, dressed in black marched through downtown, some wore uh, body armor. Others had gas masks. They had pistols. They had, you know, shotguns, rifles, uh, and, you know, to march and, and, and show, I guess, to show a force of that, you know, they're there to defend, you know, black lives. Well, uh, the, um, they had a rally, and there's a, a group called the Not Effing Around Coalition, uh, they were an armed group that says is dedicated to protecting black lives from police brutality. And it got the attention of experts who track extremist movements. And it was the biggest public display by an armed militia, you know, that a lot of people have ever seen. And so, you know, no one was really expecting, you know, so many people to show up that were armed. And basically a year later, the NFAC, as the group is known, was back in Louisville it's leader Grandmaster Jay, uh, which we're going to reach out to, see if we can get Grandmaster Jay on the show, because I, I want to talk to him. Maybe we can get him in Austin, in, you know, in person, or at least on Skype, and see if we can talk to, you know, talk to him and see you know, what's going on, you know, what his organization is all about, you know, what's their purpose, their goal. Um, and his real name is John Fitzgerald Johnson, retained the, the, um, 
he is a still eye confidence that has made him a messiah of tens of thousands of black Americans. He wore his trademark body armor and, and sunglasses in the summer heat and spoke grandly of self-defense and black empowerment as the creation of a black nation. Uh, this time, there was no march before a cheering crowd. The guns were nowhere to be seen. And Grandmaster Jay's troops had shrunk to a small group of loyalists. You know, that's from the previous year to now to the present. All right. So um, and you know, hopefully, you know, I want to get, you know, sometime down the road here, you know, maybe in the next month or so, get Grandmaster Jay on, on the show uh, so I can, you know, talk to him about his organization you know, because it seems it seems like the organization, you know, wants to support, you know, black lives, wants to support the Second Amendment. Uh, but then for some reason, you know, a lot of uh, you got you got some uh, some attorneys, uh, some prosecutors there, you know, are looking at this guy and say, hey, you know, what's going on? You know, what 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 are you doing? Are you are, are they looking at him to see if he's uh, committing any crimes or anything like that? And so we'll 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 stay tuned to. You know, this story and what's going on as it progresses, you know, because I'm not sure about what's happening. I don't, I don't see he's done anything wrong, but we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens down the road. And I, I really don't know much about him either. You know, you know anything about him, Zach? Nope. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know much about him. I haven't really read a whole bunch about it. So kind of ignorant on this on, on this area here. So we'll see. All right. So I want to bring it. I want to change gears again, <laughs> as I do, and talk to uh, Kevin Dixie. He's the owner of No Other Choice. No Other Choice. Uh, Kevin is a, a, a firearms instructor, firearms trainer. And I love talking to firearms trainers. I love talking to instructors. I love talking to instructors around the country. Uh, so I, I like for, you know, people to be educated, you know, about firearms, firearms laws, to be proficient in firearms. Uh, you need to know what the law is. You need to know how, you know, how to... You know, how to respond, how to act, how to conduct yourself when stopped by law enforcement. Uh, it's important that you're educated on what the laws are in the state that you're traveling in, in the state that you're, you live in. Because I always tell people, police can lie to you, but you cannot lie to police. And that's also a Supreme Court case, Supreme Court precedence. So just keep that in mind. So an officer can pull you over and tell, totally lie to you and tell you that something is illegal when it's actually legal to make you, you know, think it's, you're doing something wrong. You know, and, you know, and then, you know, so they can have articulable suspicion to possibly search. So it's important that you understand what your rights are, understand all of your rights and understand the laws in the state that you're you're in and the state that you're traveling in. So let me bring into the conversation. Kevin Dixie. Kevin, welcome to come and talk it, sir. Oh, thank you for having me, man. Greatly appreciate you. Absolutely, sir. So tell us about, you know, your company. Uh, no other choice. You know, what do you do? How'd you get started? Uh, you know, it's funny, man. I, um, I got started really with firearms training kind of by accident, to be honest with you. Uh, I was um, and have been for a while in a very elementary level of civil rights advocate. And then I took a job when I was 21. You know, I was in my neighborhood. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm from the worst part of St. Louis area called Walnut Park. And I wanted to better my community. Right. I wanted to uh, inspire us to do more than what we saw. This is back in the 90s. I wanted us to achieve more than even what was presented to us. And that, that was through various means. Long story short, I was doing that work and I decided that at 21, I was going to take a job with the CDPD and I worked in a division called prisoner process. And so Americans call it a jailer. That's what it's really known. Um, and I realized then that I was putting uh, bad guys away. I was dealing with bad people, you know, rapists, murderers, you know, uh, domestic assaulters, all those uh, really bad folks. And then there were good people that also got wrapped 
up in the, the kind of the carnage, right, of the legal system. So it'll be that mom or that dad or that uncle that made a rash decision because they thought self-defense was common sense. They thought the law was something that, hey, if it makes sense in a barbershop, then clearly I can do this thing. Um, and then I realized that, you know what, the motivation, education, civil rights that I'm fighting for, the upbringing of humanity does no good if they can't defend it, right? You have to be able to defend all the things you work for. Once you see that equity in life, well, how do you defend that equity, right? That's where the Second Amendment comes in at, which is also a civil right. But then it's like, guys, if you're not really cautious with this, a gun is one of two things, either a tool of freedom or a tool of oppression, and you get to choose. So now we have to make sure that we have a proper education around the gun itself. So being at the police department, I took advantage of learning everything gun and obviously learning about the laws that are associated with it and seeing how cases go firsthand. So I decided to form No Other Choice Firearms Training to keep those moms, dads, uncles, really good people that made bad, rash decisions um, out, of, out of jail, out of prison. At the same time, them understanding that, yeah, if you want to talk about tyranny, that's a great discussion. But at the same time, how do you get from Walmart home? How do you defend your home without worried about going to prison? Mm. So we formed no, I formed no other choice. And the philosophy is be at a point of no other choice before you ever cause a negative uh, impact to a human life, even if they deserve it. As long as you are not allowing yourself or another innocent person to get harmed, uh, use God's grace and mercy as you will want him to use against you. But if somebody does put your back against the wall, then you will do your job with extreme prejudice and go home at the end of the night. So having that balance, bringing it to people, that's where I got started. And I like that. No other choice because, you know, you know, pulling that gun out and use it, that's your, you know, your that should be your very last option. You know, the very last, you know, last thing you do. And so I, I like that. No, you have no other choice but to do this, you know, to protect yourself and also protect your family. Absolutely. Yep. You shouldn't. It's not a it's not a, you know, the tool to uh, I wish an MF would, man. It's it's not that. It's it's really understanding the responsibility of carrying a gun and um and doing it, doing it in a proper manner. And we have to understand too that we represent multiple communities, right? You, I, the guy next door, the girl down the street, you know, that's our work community, that could be our ethnic community, that could be our family, our friend community, our network. And you don't want to make them look like a buffoon. And you want don't want to deprive them of your presence because you wanted to act irrational either. All right, so you guys, you get you dealing a lot of different issues, like you you dealing to like mental illness. You know what is all that about? Uh, so that's my program, aiming for the truth. So kind of going back to when I was a uh, you know a youngin in the neighborhood, just trying to figure out what's right. When I formed Aiming for the Truth, that's a community outreach program that is really dealing with the true issues of violence. I'm not blaming a gun. I'm not. I'm not even blaming, you know, the powers to be. It is really getting down to the root issues, looking at the socioeconomic status, looking at all the different things that create the issues. So um, there are things that I know create problems. So when we start talking about mental health, that's important, right? Uh, and I often equate that too. America on both sides like to use the hood, if you will, as kind of this social experiment or a safari, right? It's only used when it's 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 needed for, for an argument. However, we can send young boys and girls overseas to name your war zone, right? Send them over there for four years and they come back and they may or may not have to deal with a lifetime of PTSD because they saw something that was, you know, unnormal, right? Something that human beings really shouldn't have to delve into. But then we can have young men and women growing up in these neighborhoods for 20 years, 30 years, and we don't think that they have any problems, right? So we have to make sure that we address our mental health. There was a long time in the black community where people would say in the 90s, oh, mental health is just a white man's problem. I'm like, nah, I'm pretty sure the human... Human structure can be affected either way, right? So we need to be able to have that conversation because if we have people with 
uncontrollable anger that don't have an outlet for that and know how to deal with it, then you get you get violence. It's going to lead to violence, right? I mean, then dealing with um, putting violence back into the household. So I partnered with the NFL for a little while and then kept going by myself uh, with a program called All Pro Dad. And I just spun it into aiming for the truth, uh, where we inspire fathers to get back involved in their children's lives, uh, their lives. So we put uh, 120 dads, give or take, back into the lives of their children to date, right? And that's snapping those generational curses. That's making sure that the fathers are A, involved, that child doesn't go through the trauma and the hurt and the pain of not having their parent around. Doesn't mean you're romantically back involved with mom. It just means you're back involved in a child's lifestyle. But also, how do you do that? How do you take 10 bucks? Right. And make that stretch for a day. How do you really understand? So we will bring kids in the, the room with the parent and let that child uh, tell you how they feel and how you disappointed them. And you want to talk about a gut check. You know, let that happen. Um, so doing things like that, teaching people uh, employment skills, uh, literacy skills. You know, you need to be able to get a job. And if you have the gumption or the inspiration to get a job, well, if nobody ever taught you about tying a tie, you know, having your pants up on your waist, knowing how to present yourself, controlling the English vernacular, if you've never learned those things, then, yeah, you're going to limit yourself. You might get a job at the fast food restaurant. That's great. That's fine for a start. But you're not going to be able to see that corporate America side or even entrepreneurship. Right. That's going to be difficult because you can't go in and get contracts to run your business if you don't know how to present yourself. Right, so well, teaching. We're talking with Kevin Dixie. He's the owner operator of No Other Choice Farms Training, helping people in communities, you know, has been his passion for years. Growing up in the inner city of St. Louis and working for the St. Louis Police Department uh, Prisoner Division for 10 years, opened his eyes to, you know, how in, you know, just important it was to, you know, help communities and, you know, that needed change. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Maj Touré. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking with Kevin Dixie. He's with NoOtherChoice.com. That's NoOtherChoice.com. Uh, he's a firearms trainer and firearms instructor. He used to be a law enforcement officer, police officer. Uh, uh, used to work for the for the prison division. And so we're talking about firearms training. We're talking about healing. We're talking about community. We're talking about teaching. We're talking about mental health, employment, legal issues, rebuilding the families, coaching fathers, educational opportunities. So, Kevin, tell me, you know, what is, you know, what's coaching the fathers all about? It's, it's, it's breaking those generational curses, man. You know, we have to, we, life gives you an experience. And the experience I have with not having a dad, I realize, you know, the pain that that causes a young man, you know, or a young girl, but definitely from a young man's perspective. And if you don't have that guidance there, it's kind of hard for somebody to, you know, uh, hold you responsible. Uh, one thing about a dad is if, if you know that you're loved by your father, you might fear him, but you'll respect him. Mm. Um, and if you know that you're loved and you're cared for, you, you'll you'll live, you'll live a better life, in my opinion. Boys crave discipline. And if fathers aren't there to give them discipline, you get rebellion. That's right. right. And then we wonder why young men, when they grow up, they craved they crave that discipline at, let's say, eight to 15 years old. They didn't have it. And then when you get school principals, police officers, whoever in a position of authority now to try to give discipline to them, you wonder why they, they you know, kind of bulk up at it. And that's because you weren't there when they needed it. So dads are very important. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about nonviolent uh, conflict resolution. Uh, we have to we have to explain to individuals, everybody across the nation that 
the answer is not always violence. That's the easy thing to do, right? Somebody gets in your face, road rage or whatever, you just want to react, right? But you got you to gotta know you're willing, you're willing to put everything you have on the line. So for me, what I've understood is it's really ego. If you really think about it, it's ego. Who are you to test me? For a lot of young men, it's the fact that they want respect. And since they maybe they can't get respect from their words, they don't have uh, uh, the education or the, uh, the knowledge However, to present themselves in a respectable manner to to get respect from someone, then sometimes they'll uh, they'll just use violence. And I think a lot of people do because their egos get in the way and they don't know another way to communicate. So we have to teach people that, hey, you got to let your ego and pride go. And you have to understand that the end game is going to be you in prison or losing your life if you keep acting a fool. Yeah, because I mean, we have a man, it's, it's a really big problem. You know, 2020, you know, the country shut down. Uh, you know, everyone's cooped up. If you didn't love the person that you were staying with, boy, I tell you, it, it came out in 2020. <laughs> if you guys were not fit for each other. <laughs> Say it again. That is true. <laughs> so, you know, here we are in 2021. You know, the natives are restless. You know, everyone's out. You know, out. They, they you know, they're running away. You know, it's, it's just getting crazy. Road rage is through the roof. Um, you know, I'm, here in Austin, you know, where we are, you know, we've had more homicides this year than we've had any in any other year ever on record. You know, and we're in, you know, we're, now we're in October, but we hit that hit that in, in the beginning of September. And so we got a few more months to go before the end of the year. There's no telling where we're going to end up. And it's just getting it's crazy this year. So, yeah, you're right. We people need to learn some nonviolent conflict resolution. And 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 you're right. You know, we need you know those father figures, you know, need the father, you know, in the household for sure. Yeah, you know, even whether it's uh, road rage controlling yourself or a young man acting a fool, people need to understand the consequences, right? And I, I know for me, um, I'm, I'm scared of consequences, right? If I if I decide now, you know, even though I'm a man that's married and has my family in a home, but I don't want somebody taking me away from my kids, right? So I know that no matter how tough I think I am, if I do something that I need to go to prison for, either I'm going to go to prison or I'm going to go in a box trying to fight my way out to keep from prison. So if you think that you're going to, fight the system when you're wrong because you, you know, shot that person unnecessarily doing a road rage incident or a guy stepped on your shoe. So you wanted to smash his face in with a bat. You're going to do one of two things. You're going to go to prison and you're going to go in a box in a grave, you know, trying to keep yourself from going to prison. But either way, you're going to lose everything you worked for. And for me, it's just not worth it. I'd much rather kiss my daughter than fight some fool in the street. Ooh, yeah, you're right about that. And so and, and tell us about, you know, the constitutional education. What is that all about? Uh, people need to people need to understand that the Constitution is not corny, <laughs> you know, and a lot of times um, they, they look oh Constitution. I'm like, yeah, man, but this is kind of like the foundation for your rights in this country. So doing it and bringing an education in a way that that ties into what people already believe. Right. I don't have to come change who you are. I just want to emphasize and give you some other strengths to who you are. So, for example, if I have somebody that says, hey, uh, I'm fighting for equality and justice in this country. Well, great. Do you know about the original document and how you build from that? And if they if they say no, well, then we need to go have a conversation about the Constitution. If somebody tells me, well, I, I'm, I'm here to fight back against people that say that rights are being violated in this country and they're not. And I'm going to ask them, well, are you are you confident in what the Constitution says? If you're not, we need to go have a conversation about that so we know where to build from. So I think all the way around from elementary school, one, I think it needs to be taught there more. Whether it's you just want to teach people for education or you want to teach them to challenge it, it needs to be taught in its true form up until adults that want to have arguments and debates about their beliefs, especially when it comes to the legal system and civil and human rights in this country. Do you understand what the document says or not? If not, let's get you educated. <laughs> I know that's right. And, and, and tell us about uh, some of the firearm trainings you know, that you actually do. 
Uh, well, no other choice. We specialize in um, a couple of things. One, obviously, we're there for military law enforcement, uh, individuals like that. But we also pride ourselves in being an organization that is available with open arms to that first time uh, firearms operator, whether you're doing it to learn a new hobby, whether you're doing it to learn self-defense, no matter what your reason is, we want to let you know that you are welcome, right? We treat everyone the same across the board. Skill set doesn't matter to us because your life is just as valuable. So to train the same effort we're going to give that law enforcement officer is the same exact effort we're going to give that soccer mom. It doesn't matter. Everybody in between, we welcome you with open arms, um, you know, your pistol, your rifle, even out now to your shotgun needs, whatever you need to know from, hey, if it's just getting home from Walmart safe or if it's, hey, I need to, you know, operate at a higher level because of my employment. We're going to give you everything in between and we treat every American the same and we want you on our range. And then talk to us a little bit about child safety because you got to take care of the babies. Yeah, um, here, here's the here's the truth, man. You leave a, if you leave a gun unattended and a child gets hurt, you, you're an idiot. And that's no, there's no other way of saying that. Um, now, can you rebound from that? I don't know. If, if somebody got hurt, maybe it's going to be a little difficult. But you need to be willing. You need to be willing to have a conversation with your children. The worst thing a parent can do is hide a gun from a child. I don't know if I'm the only one. I used to love it when my mama used to try to hide stuff from me because now it's hiding. It's, it's time to go find it. It's like a treasure hunt, right? So you need to have a responsible conversation with your children about firearms. But in order to do that, you yourself need to be educated. And if you're not comfortable doing that, fine, reach out to us, noothechoice.com, and we will help you with the resources to educate your children, even including coming into your home and doing it. Uh, because we have to make sure that our babies are protected. There is no point, once again, a gun is one of two things, a tool of freedom or a tool of oppression. You allow a child to do something silly or someone to get hurt with a firearm. Congratulations, you've just oppressed yourself. Mm. Man, I tell you what, thank you, Kevin Dixie. And Kevin is the owner-operator of No Other Choice Firearms Training. Uh, he helps people in different communities, you know, with you know, with the passion of, you know, just teaching them firearm, firearm safety and everything we just talked about. Uh, he's in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, he used to work for the St. Louis Police Department in the prison division for 10 years. And now he, you know, goes about the community and just, you know, helps help people to empower them to, you know, to protect themselves and educate themselves on firearms and firearm knowledge. Man, I, I, I tell you what, thank you, Kevin. I really appreciated that. You know, I really, man, I, I'm, I'm glad, you know, we reached out to you. I'm glad you responded back to us, you know, because it was really great talking to you and listening to you today. Oh, man, I, I'm appreciative of your time, and thanks for uh, having me on your platform, man. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, sir. Thank you very much. You guys, check out his website, noothechoice.com, and that's Kevin Dix Dixie. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it, sir. All right, so I want to change gears a little bit. Man, I tell you, whoo, the Fifth Circuit. That's right. So the Michael Cargill versus the Department of Justice and the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, you know, that case has been heard in a three-judge panel. Uh, now we're going to wait and see what the panel says, and we, you know, whatever happens from that will be, you know, requested an en banc, which means that requesting all 17 judges hear this case in hopes of making this case to the Supreme Court uh, because of all the different cases that are going before all the different circuits. Hopefully they go forward uh, because, uh, you know, from what we heard from the Fifth Circuit, you know, from the three judges that heard our case, uh, they basically, you know, were concluding that bump stocks were actually machine guns is what they were saying. But the only problem is the law kept getting in their way. And so the single function of a trigger issue is really tough for them. And Congress really did draw that line. And it's hard to keep around, um, you know, get around it pretty much and making something that like a bump stock, a machine gun. And as always, folks, as always, more guns 
equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talking with Michael Cargill. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 